Hello, I'm Kristen Bandy with Arkansas Children's, and today on the Live, Learn, and Play podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Caitlin Cockerell. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Cockerell is a general pediatrician here at Arkansas Children's, and can you tell me a little bit about what you do? Yes, I'm a general pediatrician. I see patients in our GPC clinic and in our Circle of Friends clinic, so I see anyone age 0 up to 21. How long have you been working here? I trained here, so I did my residency here, um, and then I left for a little bit, and I've been back for three years now. Awesome. And today we're going to talk about respiratory illnesses. Mm -hmm. If you have been around for more than a month, you know that it's going around. I think everybody that I know has had some type of respiratory illness. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is a respiratory illness? Yes, a respiratory illness is very common. So it is an illness that can affect any part of your respiratory tract. So anything that helps you breathe, your nose, throat, um, sinuses, lungs, any of that part of your body that can be affected by respiratory illness. And it's usually caused by viruses are the most common. So a cold affects all this. Is it a respiratory illness? Technically, yes, because it does affect your nose and, you know, you get a runny nose, cough, that kind of thing. But not quite as severe as... Yes, maybe a regular. There are some that are more severe, uh, definitely. Okay, what uh, what are the most common respiratory illnesses? So you kind of mentioned a common cold. There are lots of viruses that can cause colds, and you know that is a respiratory illness. Three big ones that we see a lot right now are RSV, flu, and then of course COVID is still going on. Right, of course. And how are these spread? They are spread by droplets, so by coughing or sneezing out into the air, or if they coughed on a surface and you happen to touch it, so that's how they're spread. All the gross stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) all the nasty stuff. So you mentioned that RSV, flu, and COVID are some of the ones that we're seeing quite a bit lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the differences between those three? How would you be able to tell which is which? Sure, it can get a little confusing. RSV It is a respiratory illness that can cause runny nose, cough, and then in little babies, especially under age two, and then sometimes in older people, it can cause trouble breathing. So it can cause something called bronchiolitis. Sometimes those little ones end up in the hospital. So it can cause trouble breathing, and that can kind of set it apart for the younger ones. Flu, it can also cause cough, runny nose, congestion, but you usually also get pretty bad body aches, fever. You know, if you've ever had the flu, you know you don't feel very well with that. And then COVID is the hard one because it can do anything, really. It can cause runny nose, cough, sore throat, you know, loss of taste or smell. There are some of those hallmark symptoms, but it can just look like a cold as well. And it seems to vary COVID specifically from each person. Our whole family's had COVID and we've all experienced wildly different symptoms. Yes, it can vary a lot between people. So it's the wild card that kind of throws us (laughs) off, right? For sure. So how would treatment vary with each of those common and even the uncommon respiratory illnesses? So uh, a virus doesn't really have a treatment, unfortunately. We don't give antibiotics or things like that. Those are for bacterial infections. Most viruses get better on their own. Your body's immune system can fight it off and you get better with time. But sometimes we need to support people through those viruses. So for instance, with RSV, if a child needs to be in the hospital, we can give oxygen. We can help suction their nose out. We can help treat the symptoms and help the body get over the illness. With flu and COVID, there are some what we call antiviral medications. They don't 
make it go away like an antibiotic might do for a bacteria, but they can help shorten the symptoms and help you get over it a little quicker. Make it a little bit less miserable. Yes. Doesn't make it go away, but maybe you won't be right. so Just helps a little down bit. on it. Uh, what are the first signs of RSV? That seems to be one of the bigger ones that parents worry about. How would you know that that's coming on? Usually it starts with a cough and runny nose, like most other viruses and colds. You may or may not have fever. Um, the hallmark of RSV in a, a little one that might get sick from it is going to be trouble breathing. So you notice their breathing rapid. You can see their belly going in and out when they breathe. You can tell that they're using more muscles to breathe. That's kind of the hallmark of RSV. But that's only in little kids under age two. Do yes. older kids and adults also get it? Yes, anyone can get RSV, and we've all probably had it every year or several times throughout our lives, and you don't know it because it just causes a cold, and you're fine in a few days. But the little babies are the ones that are more prone to get serious symptoms from it. And adults, too, can catch it? Because we've I believe yes. that's a myth I've heard is that adults don't get RSV, or right. a teenager doesn't get RSV, right. but they we just can. don't know they it. They don't get it to the extent that they would need to be hospitalized or something like that. Another one that I've heard is that you can't get it more than once. Is mm. that true? Um, no, you can get it more than once. Most people get it several times throughout their life, like I was saying. Unfortunately, sometimes you can't even get it twice in the same year. Just a different um, strand. Yes. Ugh. You know, that's not super common, but it can happen for sure. We talked about some of these most common respiratory viruses, and we talked about when they get bad and when they're not bad. When do you know it's time to take your kid to the doctor mm -hmm. or the ER even? One caveat, a baby under six weeks of age that gets a fever, they always need to pretty much go to the ER or it needs to be treated kind of like an emergency. So I'm going to talk about anyone older than that. Older than six weeks. Yes. Typically, if it's been 24 to 48 hours and they're still having fever, it's a good time to call. If a cough has gone on more than a week or two, it's a good time to call. Or, you know, mamas and daddies have a good uh, instinct. If you feel like you need to call your doctor or go make an appointment, that's never wrong. You know, it's always okay to see your pediatrician about something. The ER, though, I would reserve those for people that are really having trouble breathing. So like I was saying earlier, you notice they're struggling to breathe, their belly's moving in and out. Maybe you can see them kind of sucking in when they breathe. You're having trouble getting them to drink. They haven't had a wet diaper in a while, you know, in several hours, or you're not really getting them to wake up. Things like that definitely would need to go over to the emergency room for sure. You mentioned going to the doctor when you feel like as a parent that you need to. I'm one of those better safe than sorry type mm -hmm. of people. Um, a lot of times we do end up at the doctor and they're like, well, it's a respiratory illness. There's not a lot we can do. Mm -hmm. Treat it at home. Mm -hmm. What does treat it at home mean? Mm -hmm. So treat at home is meaning you're just going to let your child's body do its thing. It let its immune system work and fight off the virus, but things you can do to help would be keep them comfortable with Tylenol, ibuprofen, lots of fluids, resting, that kind of thing. All those things you can do from the comfort of your home, um, but just mainly you're giving it time. Time is usually the best thing to help somebody get better. That's what they always tell me, wanting to make sure that I was doing the right thing. And every yeah. sickness we forget what treated at home means. I'm like, okay, tell me again. That just means keep them comfortable, right? Like yes. Ibuprofen, yes. Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Now, is it 
true, and this is what I've always heard, I feel like we're doing a lot of myth busting today and we're going to do a lot more at the end, but very quickly, should you let a fever stay and be untreated by medicine mm-hmm. as long as the child is comfortable? Because that's our natural mm-hmm. way of fighting, right? Yes. Yeah. You can. A fever is your body's immune system working, and that's kind of a side, a byproduct of your immune system is you get a fever from it. If your child feels well and is happy and not complaining, you don't have to give them any medication. If they feel crummy, if they're achy, or you can just tell they're not feeling well, you can treat the fever for sure. Um, You can also give Tylenol or Motrin for pain if they're uncomfortable, if they have a sore throat, an earache, you know, whatever, you can give those too. You know, you can use your best judgment, but you don't have to give it immediately with the fever. It's okay to let it ride sometimes if if they're comfortable. In our most recent blog post, you discussed the differences between fatigue and lethargy. Can you go into a little bit more depth of how those differences are shown in a child? So fatigue really means that you're just feeling tired. So, you know, anytime you've been sick, I'm sure, or you've seen your kid get sick, you know that they are not as playful. They want to like lay around, watch a movie. They might not be as interactive as they normally are, but you can tell they're still okay. Lethargy means that they are really having trouble waking up to feed if they're a baby or you really can't get them to get up and do anything. You know, they seem like they're having trouble waking up or they're just falling asleep a lot. Something like that would be more concerning. If they just want to lay around because they don't have a lot of energy, but they want to watch movies or something, that's less concerning. How would you describe the difference between just normal, I have a cold and I'm breathing kind of funky and like sick, we need to go to the ER we're breathing terribly, Mm -hmm. let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, with most colds, you're not going to have, you know, trouble breathing and things like that. You might feel stuffy, like it feels hard to take in a breath just because your nose might be clogged. But when you really think about it, you're not having trouble breathing. Like a struggle. Right. So especially with RSV, like we were saying in the younger ones, you can notice that they're having trouble breathing. So they're breathing rapidly. They're using extra muscles to breathe. They don't look comfortable. Um, You can really see that they're having trouble breathing. Or an older child could tell you it feels hard to take a deep breath. You could hear wheezing, something like that. So we've heard a cold can turn into a respiratory virus. How does that happen? How does it go from just a common regular cold to something more serious? A cold can turn into something more in what we call the lower respiratory tract, like down in the lungs. You know, a a regular cold usually just kind of involves the upper part of your airways, your nose, that kind of thing. Um, But it could turn into an infection like pneumonia or um, bronchitis or something like that. Unfortunately, there's no way to know if that will happen or prevent it. It just can happen sometimes. But that's why it's good to, if you're worried or if you feel like you're not getting better, then just go have your doctor check it out and see what's going on. What can parents expect when they bring their child to the ER or primary care for a respiratory illness? The first thing the doctor and the nurse would do is check the vital signs, make sure they don't have a fever, or check the respiratory rate, see if the child's breathing fast. They would assess, listen to the lungs, listen for wheezing, trouble breathing, that kind of thing. 
you may or may not need an x-ray done. Um, they would look and see if they're hydrated. You know, there's lots of things we look at. Sometimes it seems like we're not in the room for very long, but you can tell a lot from a child by looking, listening, and doing what we call the physical exam. So they would do all that, and that would help rule out things, rule in things, you know, and they would determine what to do from there. Um, sometimes babies need to get fluids or medication, depending on what the, the, the situation is. So we've discussed a lot about after-hours care versus ER versus regular pediatrician. It mm -hmm. seems like kids never fail. It, they always get sick after 5 o'clock. Mm -hmm. As a parent, I don't know if it's because we're more panicked after hours or if they just get sick after hours. But So tell me about the Arkansas Children's After Hours Clinic because mm -hmm. it's open, let me check my notes, Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, mm -hmm. 15, and then Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8.15 p.m. Mm -hmm. And that's the After Hours Clinic that you would go to before the ER mm -hmm. if your kid is just sick, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's basically an extension of our primary care department. So it's just after hours, you know, like the name says, it's just our clinic after hours in the evenings and weekends. Um, I've totally been there too with my kids getting sick at night or on the weekends. So it's just a place if you don't feel like it's an emergency, but you still want to get seen. Right. And if you can't, you know, wait till the next morning to right. have that panic calm down just a little bit when that kid right, spikes right. a fever out of nowhere. So Definitely. it's nice that we have that after hours yes. option. I don't know if, if many people know that that's there. It um, had gone away a little while during the kind of peak of COVID and then we brought it back uh, several months ago, but it's a good resource to have. So I said earlier that we were going to do a bit of myth busting. Okay. Now, there are a couple that circulate in my family that I'm, you know, selfishly wanting to clear up. <laughs> and then there are a couple that I've just heard here and there as a new parent that I want to see if we can bust for for good. Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to hear them anymore. Right. <laughs> OK, so going out in cold weather causes a cold. True or false? So that one is false. There's nothing about the cold weather per se that causes you to get sick. Um, a lot of times people get sick during the winter, so I think we've kind of associated that together. Um, you know, most RSV, flu, that kind of stuff happens during the cold winter months, mm -hmm. but it's not because of the winter weather. Right. So it's not a cause. Right. Okay. Going outside in the cold with wet hair causes a cold. That is also false. Also false. I have heard that lots of times, but I, I don't know where it started from, but... Um, I think I was told that as a kid, too, if you slept under the fan with wet hair or something. But I think they just wanted us to dry our hair <laughs> and not go outside with wet hair. But as far as I know, the, that does not cause a cold. Okay. Vapor rub on the bottoms of feet will help clear congestion. True or false? So this one is slightly true. So the, the vapor rub can help kind of open up the airways and help you breathe a little better if you're congested. However, sometimes the smell, the fragrance, the different stuff can make the coughing and things worse. So you just want to be careful, especially maybe. if like you have asthma or something. Maybe that's why they put it on the feet, the feet. so that the smell yes. can just kind of waft up it's a little possible. bit. That might be where that one came from. <laughs> yes. uh, feet a cold and starve a fever. Any truth to that? I don't think so. I don't even really know what that means 100%. <laughs> I don't think any of us do, honestly. You know, I think a good rule of thumb when a child is sick, if they feel hungry, they are welcome to eat. If they don't feel hungry, then as long as they're drinking liquids, it's fine. You know, they may not want to eat, and that's okay. And then the starve, 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> feed them when they're hungry is probably a good rule of thumb. Yeah. When they're if not they feeling feel like well. eating, then great. I remember specifically when my child had a pretty bad upper respiratory illness, I was told to take them outside in the cold air. Mm-hmm. Is that actually helpful? So this is helpful for one particular virus. It's helpful for croup, um, which is caused by, um, a, it's called parainfluenza. It's not the same as flu, but it causes croup causes that barky cough and then some little kids can get airway swelling and it causes what we call strider which is a noisy breathing Mm -hmm. so taking them outside and getting or opening the freezer and letting them breathe some cold air it can help with the swelling in the airways so that one is a little bit true only for true for one thing we just kind of given it to all the coughs all the coughs just take them outside right and then steaming up the bathroom with a hot shower and sitting in there for a little bit another Mm -hmm. one that i've heard i feel like it's helpful probably a true one yes that one is true i recommend that a lot um if especially in the winter when the air is dry we know that cool mist humidifiers in the room or steamy showers can help just with the congestion, kind of soothing that and opening the nose up and that kind of thing. So that's definitely helpful. Okay, now I've got one more question. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I didn't okay. prep you for this one. <laughs> what do you love about your job? I love uh, seeing kids grow up. I love seeing them when they're newborns and then getting to follow them up until they're older. Um, I love reassuring a parent. You know, a lot of times they bring them in, like you were saying earlier, and we just say it's a cold, but it can be really helpful to reassure them in that moment. I just love how cute my patients are and how sweet the families are. It's a good job. I love it. It's a great job. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Caitlin Cockerell, a general pediatrician here at Arkansas Children's. And again, the hours for our after hours clinic are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9.15 p.m. And Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8.15 p.m. Uh, Thank you again for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great day.